With the Road America Season Pass, you have access to over 50 days of on-track action, half-price entry for the Sunset Cruise and morning drive events, select private track rentals, the annual Season Pass holder luncheon, and so much more. Go to RoadAmerica.com. Glad to have you. Hour number three of the Bill Michaels Show on this Monday. Got the Heat and the Celtics coming up tonight. You got to the Brewers tonight. Uh, They're on the road in San Diego. And you've got uh, some of the camps, the workout camps going on in Green Bay. Joining us now on the hotline, our friend Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press-Gazette is here. Talk a little bit more about all of that. Pete, how you doing, man? Good, Bill. How are you today? I'm doing well. Um, The discussion I wake up to this morning is how badly the Green Bay Packers do or do not need Aaron Rodgers at OTAs and voluntary workouts and mini camps and all that kind of stuff because of the relationship that needs to be built with uh, the new wide receivers, Dubs and Christian Watson. So give me your thoughts first and foremost there. Yeah, um, you know, you'd rather have a guy there than not. I think I'm in the fairly small minority and thinking that it really doesn't matter much. I mean, you definitely would rather have him there than not and working with Watson and um, Watkins. But, you know, the, the those guys still need to learn the offense. The bulk of it will be in training camp. And if it does, Roger's good to stay away and, you know, just work out on his own. Then if I'm the Packers, I'm fine with it. But like I said, I'm probably in the minority and in, in thinking that and um you know and of course you'd rather have them there than not but i personally don't think it's going to have much of an impact on the team come you know november december january yeah i i don't think it really means a whole hill of beans so to speak but i the only thing i can say is that what happens when we get to the point that aaron Rodgers says you know by the way you know i don't I, we're not on the same page yet at what point do you start looking at a guy going, you know what, you got to be here. You got to be relevant. You got to be a guy that's in the building if you're going to build a relationship with anybody to say that we're on the same page. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would. Yeah, and I will I will definitely say after what I just said that it's incumbent on him and the coaching staff, but, you know, especially on him to do everything possible when he is here to speed the progress of those guys and to speed that uh the chemistry with them and that includes you know being more patient with guys and you know the body language and all that stuff um if this is a lot is incumbent on Rodgers, and he's got to realize i even saw this with Favre later in his career too i think these guys they've been in the league so long and they know the offense i mean they can you know do it in their sleep they forget what it's like to be a rookie or be a young guy or to be with a new team um so i you know i think he's gonna have to be cognizant of that and instead of snapping at guys he's got to work with them you know mm-hmm. the uh now to the opposite side of the ball i want to get to the defense because the defense is where they significantly at least on paper strengthen themselves during the draft in this offseason um so you know with the return and, and the contract extension of jair alexander and obviously the depth that they now have how first of all how good do you think this defense can be and then the second portion of that question then becomes how much better do you think they become special teams wise? Uh, the makings are there. They should be pretty good. Defensive linemen, especially, should be able to make a pretty good impact as a rookie. 
And, you know, inside linebacker is a tougher position because you got to know the run and pass game. There's so much to learn. You know, they drafted that guy to obviously Walker to play a lot. So I, it should be quite a bit better. If I were the Packers, the big worry I'd have is the lack of depth at corner. Their top three are good, very good. But if they get an injury there, and injuries are, you know, pretty much inevitable in this game, um, I think that depth goes away really fast, at least from what we see right now. Maybe, you know, once September hits, it'll look different. But um, but I, I think they've got the makings to be a top five defense if those two draft picks are as good as they look. I mean, it's like Alexander didn't even play last year, right? What, did he mm-hmm. play three or four right. games? So yeah. that's like it. you're adding a, an all-pro player to the team. So, yeah, I think they should be a, should be really good on defense. And um, special teams, I still wonder about their return game because I don't know if they have a good returner or not. That's a huge part of it. But uh, I suspect just having Biasacci alone will do a lot for their, uh, for their coverage units and special teams overall. What do you make of Shamar Gene Charles? I don't know. He, um, you know, they had, there were opportunities for playtime last year and he he didn't get on the field. Um, They only played him in the slot. They never played him outside in camp. I don't remember him ever taking a snap uh, outside. So I don't know. I mean, very unimpressive, you know, rookie year, Um, but he's fifth round pick and sometimes it can take a year or two with these guys. So uh, big training camp for him. I, I can't give you a strong opinion other than, you know, obviously, just a total uh, non-factor as a as a rookie. And you, I mean, you wonder if they whiffed on it or not. But you know, one year is a little quick to to make the call on that. Uh, I love the fact that uh, you still have the same guys in the in the defensive secondary: Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos. Both of those guys, basically, your center fielders that have the knowledge and the ability. And Savage, I love the fact that he still likes to hit. So I, I agree with you. I think this defense can be really strong. The addition of the depth of Rasul Douglas and keeping him around. He's never been a guy that's going to put up a ton of numbers when it comes to interceptions, but he was solid for them last year in a backup role, wasn't he? Yeah, I was um, with uh, Douglas, if you mean right. I, I, I mean, I yeah, Rasul Douglas, yeah. Yeah, I can't believe how, how good he was. And the thing was, it wasn't just, and last year was, you're right, it was an unusual year for him where he did actually get some interceptions. And that may not happen this year, but what jumped out to me as much as those as the big plays he made was even when guys were catching balls on him last year, he was right there in coverage. It, he was not getting beat by three yards. So um, I don't think it was total. I don't think it was a fluke that he had a, a good year, and he does look like a good player. And I'll be curious to see, and I don't know if we'll be able to tell from just one practice tomorrow. It'll probably be more from training camp, but I'll be interested to see the rotation that they do at the star position at the nickel corner, I'm thinking they're going to use all their guys in there. You know, it'll be some games and some snaps. It'll be Alexander. Others. It'll be Douglas. Uh, Jerry Gray kept bringing up uh, Stokes as a possibility too, which I would have thought they'd just keep him on him on the outside. But uh, I'm guessing they're just going to, it's going to be a week to week game plan kind of thing with that. But because the other possibility would be just to play Alexander in there all the time. But I've, I get the feeling they want to use him like the Rams use Jalen Ramsey, which is all over the place. What do you think of – you mentioned the defensive front. Uh, what do you think of uh, T.J. Slayton? And last year, uh, he there were times he looked good. There were times he looked like, you you know, this is the reason you drafted him. And then for like a game or two, he just go away. He was kind of a non-factor. Uh, do you just expect him to be better this season? Because usually when it comes to bulk guys, you either have it or you don't. And I'm a little bit, uh, a little bit skeptical about T.J. Slayton coming into this season. 
Yeah, well, that and what you just described was basically, you know, kind of was that was his college career. Um, you know, some snaps he'd look like a just a, a world beater, and then he'd disappear for a while. So, um, you know, a lot will depend on conditioning and commitment. And with some guys, you know, who are like that in college, they get to the NFL, they don't have school, and um, you know, they can really set themselves and their families up with a good career. They really get after it. And uh, other guys just remain the same guy that they were in college. So I'll be curious to see how it goes with him. I don't know if I were them, if I'd be expecting him to make a huge jump, but you'd certainly be hoping there there's definitely ability there. Um, and I think, you know, signing Jaron Reed was to some degree, a, you know, a hedge against, uh, you know, Slate, whether or not Slayton develops the uncertainty there, I think. Talking with Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press Gazette. You can find him over on Twitter at Pete Doherty. Um, going back to the offensive side, and, and I we talk so much about the wide receiving core. What we don't talk a lot about is the line. And uh, while I do like Ryan Shea and I do like Zach Tom, um, I still wonder how good Bakhtiari is going to be coming back. I, I wonder where he's at right now. Not that we we're getting a lot of you know information. And then obviously when Elton Jenkins comes back. But are you worried at all about the depth of this team uh, up front? You know, the draft um, helped address that some. So um, if I were them, I'd be a lot less worried about it now than um, a month ago or however many weeks ago the draft was. Uh, But I do still wonder, there's got to be concern about Bakhtiari long-term, no matter what they say. That was a really rough recovery from the ACL, a lot rougher than most. And so that means he had more than just the ACL for sure, the, the damage in there. Um, and he could be fine this year and he could end up playing, you know, have four or five more really good years left in him. Who knows? But if I were them, I'd be concerned. And I wonder if that was one of the reasons they went a little heavy on O-line again this year is if things just don't look for Bakhtiari, then, you know, maybe Elton Jenkins is their, is their left tackle and they'll have, you know, they'll need to fill the right tackle spot and, I just wonder if that's one of the reasons why they went so heavy on the on the O line draft again this year, picking three of those guys. The uh, you had mentioned the the return game, and I know that they've got uh, you know the thoughts of running different guys back there at this point. Um, but the fact that they picked up Pat O'Donnell, and O'Donnell's supposed to be a better holder for Mason Crosby. Mason Crosby's got a little bit of competition in camp. How do you see that going, that kicking game, that return game going? Because unless Mason Crosby is just terrific, i got to think that he's coming back and that Pat O'Donnell's got to be a better holder, uh, not necessarily a better punter, but just a better holder than what Mason Crosby had last year, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's got to be. Um, I still wonder about the, the return game. I mean, I didn't see anybody they drafted who looked like they were going to be a good returner, even Amari Rodgers. Last year when they said, you know, they brought him in to be the, you know, he was going to be their punt returner, you know, it wasn't like his punt return numbers in college were anything that jumped out at you. So, you know, the the return game, it's still, it's so returner dependent. If you have a good returner, you're going to have a a good return game. And I I think the blocking matters less than the, the talent of the guy, you know, with the ball in his hands. So I still, I mean, if I'm bet, I'm still betting on the return game being, you know, not so not very good. But um, I guess the key is whether the rest of it's better. And I, I'm sure they're looking at O'Donnell as a guy who's going to be a better uh, bad weather punter than what they had last year too. Is Kylan Hill? Uh, I mean, coming back off of that knee injury from last season, would he then go back to being your returner? 
Maybe. I wonder, although I wonder if they're hesitant to put him back there now because of that injury. That was really too bad he got hurt because he, um, I thought he flashed talent in camp and he was actually a pretty decent uh, kickoff returner. Remember that San Francisco game? Right. Um, you know, in, in the early in the season, they kicked the ball with like, you know, 50 seconds left or whatever. They kicked the ball out of the end zone because they didn't want him returning it. That saved the Packers a valuable time and mm-hmm. gave Rodgers time to get him downfield to kick that field goal to win the thing. So there is value there in having a guy who can do it. it and I, he's, he showed ability at running back, too. I just, uh, it's too bad he suffered that injury. Now, maybe he'll be okay and he'll be the same guy, but, you know, a lot of times these guys aren't. And I, I thought there was real, real talent there, for instance, if this was going to be Jones's last year. Um, you know, I saw Hill as a guy who could probably play and play a lot and be pretty good. You know, I don't know if he'll be that after the uh, after the injury or not. The uh, the tight end position, Robert Tanyan coming back, Mercedes Lewis, Josiah Aguara, Dominic Daphne, those guys, same old, same old. I don't have as much concern for the uh, tight end position as others. Now, granted, you don't have Gronk and such sitting there. It's not like you've in Travis Kelsey and you know George Kittle. Those guys are that but i think you've got a decent control ball control uh, grouping of tight ends right well they've got different you know different kinds of guys they can use in different situations i mean i'm just i'm i'm stunned <laughs> i'm just stunned that mercedes lewis is still playing i mean mm-hmm. what is he 37 now i think for a tight end i mean that's ancient so i just I question how much he's going to be able to help him at, at that age. I wonder if he'll even, you know, if there's a chance he'd even end up uh, getting cut. Although if that was, you know, much of a possibility, I think they would have just not brought him back, but there's not a ton of talent there. Now, the one thing is they out, they will get Tunyon back. Now it may not be till halfway through the year. It sounds like all he had was an ACL and there was no other collateral damage. So maybe that'll help him return him. So maybe by December, you know, he's a guy who can be making plays for him in the passing game. But, uh, you know, I, as far as pass receiving goes, they're a little, they're a little, they're more than a little weak at that position unless DeGuara, you know, takes a step. And at the end of last year, he looked a little better, you know, notwithstanding the drops he had or the drop he had against the 49ers in the playoffs. But um, I thought they would drop the tight end this year. I was a little surprised they didn't. Yeah, I was, uh, I was too. I thought they might go in that direction, but obviously they didn't. Uh, and then before I let you go, I wanted to ask you as well. Uh, we all talk about June first. June first being uh, some of the cuts for some of these teams. When you talk about roster moves to be made, anything that you would believe is going to be of any significance out there that the Packers may be looking towards? You never know. Um, you know, I, we talk about this every year, and I, you know, scouts, y'all talk to them. They'll say, and there's always June first, and it's really rare when it happens. Now, last year they signed Campbell on like June eighth or ninth. He wasn't a June first cut, but he was sitting out there, and they did free up some money, you know, with the Alexander thing. So I still wonder if there's one more signing that they're still going to make before, uh, um, you know, before camp starts. But I don't know who it would be. I don't know if anybody's going to shake loose. June 1st, but uh, odds are always uh, more against than for somebody, you know, really worth adding. Not saying it won't happen, but um, I I can't say I would bet on it. Pete, good stuff as always, man. I appreciate it. And then as uh, the offseason rolls on, we'll talk, okay? Sounds good, Bill. Thanks for having me. Thanks, buddy. There you go. Enjoy the Memorial Day weekend coming up. That's Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press-Gazette. You can read his stuff uh, on Twitter, at Pete Doherty, also in the Green Bay Press-Gazette, as I had mentioned. 
and uh, track that stuff down there. He uh, brought to you by our good friends over there at Stenny's, second and National Walker's Point. That's where you can go. Best Bloody Mary around. Award-winning, as a matter of fact. And if you're going for games, you want to take the shuttle over to American Family Field or any place downtown for that matter, matter as, as the Milwaukee Admirals are going to be back in town coming up this week as well. They need to get a win because they lost the first two to the Chicago Wolves. So they need to get a couple of wins at home before they go back down 94 into Chicago. So head into Stenny's, take the shuttles over, and get down to the Admirals games as well. But uh, that is Wisconsin's best sports bar. Stenny's second to National Walker's Point downtown. You can find them there. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Road America, your national park of speed, has great offers for everyone. Military members, veterans, kids, student passes, groups, and corporate offers as well. Cure your need for speed by going to roadamerica.com. That's roadamerica.com. show continuing on this portion of the program brought to you by our friends uh, over there at uh at uh, quick trip quick trip uh, stop into quick trip i was in there over the weekend and it was uh, actually this woman's son who had i think kind of recognized me but he started talking to me about uh winning the camaro now the kid i think was like 13 or 14 <laughs> but uh, he was trying to get his mom to to buy some pepsi products because uh, he thought the Camaro was cool. And uh, he was asking me about the brewers and all kinds of stuff. But uh, he said he'd love to get that so that way when he could drive, that would be his car. And even the young people are admiring that uh, 2022 Chevy Camaro SS with Quick Trip, uh, the 250 Pepsi Pit Stop going on right there, presented by Jack Links. So mom did buy the Pepsi products. Maybe mom wins that thing. Who knows? But one weekly winner is going to receive 500 bucks in a Quick Trip gift, gift card and four NASCAR Quick Trip 250 tickets and all that kind of good stuff. It's all going on up in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, July 3rd. We're giving that thing away. We're giving away the 2022 Chevy Camaro SS. Can't wait. But you can't get registered if you don't stop in. You can't get registered if you don't use a Quick Rewards account. It's that simple. Go in and get registered. See the store for details. All kinds of good ways and good things to win over there at Quick Trip. And the best part about Quick Trip, even if you don't win anything, you keep using that Quick Rewards card, even at the pump. And then every now and then you go in, you get one of those cheeseburgers or something, and they say, that cheeseburger's free. Oh, that's so good. Cheeseburgers just taste better when they're free. I'm just saying. Uh, but whether it's bananas or milk or bread or any of the staples you need, just run into Quick Trip, grab it real quick, and get back out. No need to go through the big box store and walk half a mile just to go get a gallon of milk. It's that simple. Check out our friends at Quick Trip. Uh, 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up by all means, 877-867-1670. Uh, Matthew says, uh, looking at this Packers roster, do you think that some of the guys they picked up as college free agents can be impact players? I do. Um, Tremont Williams, Sam Shields. You you look at these guys that were back into the draft or college free agents. Um, yeah. Uh, some of these guys have panned out in years past. So by all means, when you start to look in that direction, you can find a, usually a diamond in the rough. You look at a guy, let's say, like uh, Trey Sterling, you know, you're the free safety, or uh, uh, Ellis Brooks, 
You know, you can pick a guy like that up to play uh, the inside linebacking position. You know, maybe one of the guys, the, the depth guys, uh, that's uh, a, a Cal, uh, what was the kid's last name? Uh, Byers, I think, the big defensive lineman. Um, uh, Byers was, I, I really liked that kid when he came out of Missouri. Uh, I only I only know about him because I paid attention to him because a buddy of mine was a Missouri fan, loved the Missouri Tigers. He said you got to pay you got to pay attention to this kid. Byers is good. Byers is good. So I started watching some of his stuff. Six three is a three hundred and ten fifteen pound guy. By the time he puts weight on, he'll be a big beefy body in the middle. Yeah, I, I, every now and then some of those guys can play. So I don't just throw out the baby with the bathwater because they weren't drafted. Granted. Their talents and their prowess wasn't good enough to get them drafted, but sometimes you just watch them fall because you can get them at a value, and that's what you try to do. So we'll see. See what happens. Maybe a guy like, say, George Moore, you know, uh, the offensive lineman, Caleb Jones. Maybe maybe he pans out, you know, some of these guys they picked up. So we'll wait, we'll wait and see. But, yeah, there's always going to be one. One or two guys every year makes the team, and you're like, where did they, how did they not get drafted every year? And that's part of the art of scouting, of finding these guys that don't have this, this high end profile to where maybe teams don't know about them. And you kind of, you, you just wait for them to fall. And if, if they're still on your board and nobody else is picking them and you go, Oh, this is great. I get what I believe to be a talented guy for basically no money, low risk. And if they pan out, it's high reward. So yeah. You're always looking for a couple of those guys to to play extremely well. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to uh, chime in, feel free to go ahead and do so, by all means. Uh, we're going to talk some more football actually coming up uh, about this time next hour. Mike Clemens is going to be joining us. We'll talk with Clem Dog. Also, we're going to talk some more brewers coming up at the top of the hour. Andrew Wagner is going to be joining us from uh, Forbes.com as well. So we'll be talking with him about that. Um, Jason says, who do you think is going to have more success this season, Romeo Dubs or Christian Watson? I, I hope that combined, let's, let's, let's say this. I hope that combined those two guys have 60 catches and 1700 yards. That would be a huge success because then you don't need one guy. What you need is then those two guys to contribute with Watkins, with Lazard, with Cobb, with Amari Rogers. All of them contribute. You know what I mean? I, I take that. Because between all of them, can all of those receivers give Aaron Rodgers, say, 3,400 yards? And then after that, can you get seven, 800 yards? 600 yards, 500 yards receiving between the two, between A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones out of the backfield and get a couple hundred yards out of your tight ends. Because then you're talking 42, 43, 4,500 yards. That's what I'm saying. You don't need to have one guy give you 1,000 yards. What you need is two guys to give you, say, 1,600. What you need is your entire receiving core to get you to like thirty-five to 3,600. Does it work? I don't know. But that'd be nice because then you're spreading the ball out and you're going to everybody. You're not focusing on one guy. 
David says, uh, hey, unit, love this show. How much of the problem was Devontae Adams? It seems to me that he wants the ball all the time. He has stated it in the past. Do you think Aaron Rodgers was listening to him, or do you think Rodgers really wanted to go to him all the time? Uh, Davis, we've talked about that. And the perception has been that's who Aaron Rodgers has locked on, right? Rodgers locked on Devontae Adams. Wanted to go to the sure thing rather than taking the chance in other areas. Even when some of the other areas look to be more of a sure thing, he, quote, didn't trust the guys. Okay. I've said before, I know that there have been a couple of games in which Devontae Adams, not he's not doing it to complain, but he's made statements where he wanted the ball more. He felt he should have got the ball more. You know, he'll have like a you know, 10, 11, 12 catch game. Felt he should have had the ball more. And I've I've said this very quietly. I said, I don't know if Devontae was problematic. I don't want to say problematic. That's not a great term, but was a driving force in telling Aaron Rodgers, you got to look at me. I don't know. We're going to find out. Because if Rodgers suddenly just starts spreading the ball around and giving it to everybody and looks like, Joe Montana, the first year he went to Kansas City where he didn't have a specified guy. He was just throwing it to anybody and everybody and moving the ball down the field and suddenly made something out of that team and then ended up taking him to the postseason. If, if he's that guy, then you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Aaron Rodgers could have a better season doing that than he's had over the last two years as MVP. But if Aaron Rodgers hangs onto the ball, and we've seen the articles written in the past, where he's hanging onto the ball, hanging onto the ball, hanging onto the ball, trying to make something, running with it, and then throwing it away. And he's unwilling to give guys opportunities. Then it's it's a little bit it's a little bit different. But this is a big year. It's a big year for Aaron Rodgers. I think it's a big year for the team because short of going out and investing in you know big name like Tariq Hill and bringing in that kind of a deal. Um, Short of doing that, everything else they've done, they've done well. The defense has gotten better. The offensive line has gotten deeper. They retained a lot of their key players, which is what you wanted them to do. They manipulated, <laughs> begged, borrow, and stole to be able to get themselves underneath the salary cap. You know, they kicked the can down the road. It's just in so many different facets. So you, you, you kind of... You, you, on one hand, you think, boy, without Devontae Adams, I don't know how they're going to do it. But on the other hand, you're thinking, you know, if they just, if Rodgers just plays good Rodgers football, spreads it around, and the offense just moves the ball down the field, not to say that they need giant chunk plays, but let's just say that they just, they're able to move the ball, move the chains consistently. That's huge. That's huge. Because I think they got the defense now to back it up. And the defense doesn't have to be top five. If they're top ten in many categories, they'll be fine. I really believe that. I cannot sit here today and say that the loss of Devontae Adams makes them a non-Super Bowl team. Can't do it. Because, they, you know, Aaron Rodgers going down, that would make them a non-Super Bowl team. But losing just a, a wide receiver? You know, I 
Juan says, what about the loss of Zedarius Smith? Juan, I, I agree, but he didn't play last year. He didn't play. So you, in essence, you already lost him because he never played last year. He had zero impact on the season last year. That, so those are your two big losses, really, right? Everybody else is pretty much back. Your secondary's back and intact. And like Pete Doherty just said, getting Jair back, that's like getting a pro bowler. You know, you get a second year of Stokes, another year of Rasul Douglas. Your safety position seems to be pretty solid, knock on wood, right? And your offensive line, you think, has gotten – I mean, really, the only guy you lost was was Devontae Adams. Now, I understand uh, the loss of MBS and, you know, Equinemius St. Brown. They had minimal contributions, Equinemius St. Brown less than MBS. And you lost that that sprint ability downfield, a guy that was just starting to emerge, although never amounted to what the the predictive skill was. But really, your only two big losses were Devontae and and MVS because you can't count Zedarius because he didn't play last year. So we'll see. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. 877-867-1670. And also, we've got, uh, Ben, you're right, because the match is on Wednesday, right? Yeah. For Rodgers and Brady and them? Oh, I can't wait to comb through the worthless comments. <laughs> <laughs> the positivity is just dripping on the program. Yeah, that's some uh, that's some must-drink-to-TV, isn't it? Call I'll it. watch it just like everybody else. We're all going to be watching it. We know it. Call it selfish observation. Yeah, That's we're all going to be watching that. The match coming up with Tom Brady and company. Oh, he's not at OTAs. Anything's Josh Allen hits the ball well. Man. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. They had a, a lot of benefit stuff over the weekend, I saw. And they have uh, some really good specials, too, coming up. And some bands, some music. And I also had, uh, where was it here? Hang on a second. I, 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 got, I hate to do this, but I'm going to do this anyway. Adam. Adam writes, uh, hey, you and I took your advice, went over to Curly's. Sat outside, smoked a cigar, and just enjoyed watching the boats go in and out. Saw one guy who couldn't back the boat in to save his life. But then again, we see that all the time by any boat dock. Uh, walked over to Smokey's, picked up some bait, and went and fished on our farm pond after the fact. But good food. Appreciate the advice. That's from Adam. Adam went over to Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. Had a great time. I suggest you do so as well. Good stuff. Right there on Pewaukee Lake and uh, right there near uh, Smokey's Bait Shop. You are correct. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Road America is your national park of speed. The SVRA Vintage, Moto America Superbikes, Vintage Motofest, the NTT IndyCar Weekend, SCCA Junior Sprints, the Trans Am Speed Tour, IMSA, and more. It's racing at its best. Go to roadamerica.com. <laughs> Welcome back. A reminder, the uh, motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 4th. We cannot say thanks enough to all of our great friends that su- uh, support it, sponsor it, our friends at Growth Law Firm. Uh, they are biker advocates. They are attorneys for bikers. They are bikers themselves. Uh, they are rated one of the best in the country by bikerjustice.com. 
And uh, thanks to them for coming on board. Also, our friends at Great Lakes Dragaway. You want to race what uh, you own? Take it down to Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, man. They're they're racing every weekend down there now. Also, our friends at the Rock Complex, Rock Sports Complex, uh, home of the Milkmen over there, the Umbrella Bar, and uh, so many Little League fields. Top Golf is coming there. Thanks to our friends at Alpine Valley. And I'm going down there to meet with them today to go over some of the details. And also our friends at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Oh, my goodness. They got uh, they just broke some ground on a new venture down there. They're getting ready to expand the hotel eventually. And so many good things at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. And if you're looking for a great night out or just a lot of fun, go down there, toss a little dice, enjoy some good meals, listen to some music in the 360 bar. There is so many cool things to do at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Or if you just want to get one of those high-up hotel rooms and just overlook the city and the lakefront, great place to go. And then also thanks to our friends at Knucklehead. Knucklehead Bar, a biker bar, that kind of a biker bar that's got good food, they've got good drinks, good people. Thanks to them out there and uh, in uh, Eagle as well. So I appreciate them being a part of the program. And if you want to sign up for the motorcycle ride, all you got to do if you're seeing us right now over on the Bud Light live stream, just uh, uh, scan the QR code or simply go to uh, FisherHouseWI.org in the events page, FisherHouseWI.org and the events page. Tomorrow on the program, we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur. Uh, that's going to happen, and uh, we should be able to listen to some, uh, some of what he has to say about the OTAs and such, and also coming up on Tuesday uh, as well in a week, uh, a week after, you're going to be able to hear from Matt LaFleur. So it's going to be a few, uh, few OTAs and such coming up for the uh, Green Bay Packers, and we'll hear from the head coach a couple of times, so good stuff there. Um, by the way... Did you read, there's a, a really cool article Adam McCalvey wrote uh, about um, um, Josh Hader had a chance to go fishing with Euchre. It's a pretty good story if you haven't read it, read it already. Um, so uh, by all means, take a look at it. And uh, it's, it's a minute with Josh Hader. It, t- it talks about a lot of different things that he likes to do, but he talks about one of his favorite off-day things is going fishing, get some breakfast, just kind of hang out. Said uh, he, he fished with Euchre, actually had the experience with him at a pond. And one of the favorite fishing moments, he ended up catching two huge bluegills, he said. And the story of just hanging out with him and just hanging out with Euchre, it, it, it's uh, just so much fun to talk to. Um, and so how did they end up on a pond? He took us to a secret spot nobody knows about, Hader said. A secret spot nobody knows about. Hader got to go fishing and picked up some smallmouth bass and some bluegill and such, but it's a pretty good piece written by Adam McCowie, so if you haven't seen it already, go check it out over on the uh, Brewers, Brewers.com pod, or Brewers.com uh, website. I just want to throw it out there because I just think it's cool. Um, I, you know, it, it's funny because so many big lakes here, uh, that people like to go fishing on. I'm a bass and bluegill guy, smallmouth, largemouth, whatever, and I love farm ponds. I love ponds. I'd rather walk the bank, find a couple of spots that you have to have a real ability to cast down a shoreline and run a lure up and down a shoreline rather than actually be out in the boat. Uh, I know that sounds crazy because a lot of people love to go bass fishing on boats and you drop the equipment and the, the trolling motor and such in the water and you're cruising weed and all that kind of and I that, that's cool I like that I've done that um, but sometimes there's something to be said for just throwing a line out and just working it all day long through the bottom of a farm pond or something like that I just have never been able to find one uh, farm pond that is 
There's a couple of ponds that I see every now and then off the highway when I'm driving by. I'm like, oh, that would be so cool, you know. But uh, I don't know where any good ponds are that have some decent bass and bluegill and such in them uh, in the state. I've never, never either one been introduced to one or two have had luck. So I'm still still looking for that really cool farm pond that's got an area to go fishing. Uh, 877-867-1670. Ben, are you much of a fisherman growing up in Philadelphia? No, never. My cousins were from the Boston area and up in Vermont, okay. but I no, I never really fished. I've done it a couple times when I was out camping. Wasn't great yeah. at it, but no, I haven't. I I love it. I grew up uh, in the during the week. We were in the city of Cincinnati playing b- baseball, football, basketball, that kind of stuff all throughout the summers. But when I had weekends off, when I didn't have anything going on, my dad and I've t- told it a thousand times, but my dad. And his buddy that uh, went to high school together and they went into the Army together, they invested in a farm together when they were in the Army. And my dad, it's a long story, but my dad kind of got bought out of it uh, because his family, uh, my dad's, my, my grandparents needed the money at the time. They were farmers and they were not being successful at it. So my dad had to give up part of the farm, but we still went up there all the time and worked the farm as if it was ours. And I grew up, and we had a pretty good-sized farm pond. Used to walk around this thing all the time, just fishing and casting and casting and fishing. And they had stocked it uh, one year, and we didn't get up there very much. And we were the only ones that fished on it, so they stocked it with bass and bluegill. And by the time um, my dad was getting older and then his buddy sold the property, um, they were pulling 10-pound bass out of there. And it's like a 22-foot deep farm pond. It wasn't huge, but it was good size. And they were pulling, and they finally had to put a no, couple of northerns in there just to decrease the population because it was getting to the point where you could almost walk across the damn thing on top of the fish. But it was so much fun. I grew up there fishing. My kids grew up there fishing. And I've not found anything here in, in the state of Wisconsin like that. I'd love to just be able to take a chair, take a radio, take the tackle box, a cooler, make a little lunch, and just go fish. Just go fish in the evening, go fish in the morning, even before we go on the air. Get up at about 4.30, get there about 5, fish for a couple of hours, and then come home. It's just fantastic. Uh, 877-867-1670. I'm sorry, sorry to get off on a, on a different tangent, but I think I, I'm speaking to a lot of people that are listening to the program right now. You exactly get where I'm coming from. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, come back. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Road America is your national park of speed. The SVRA Vintage, Moto America Superbikes, Vintage Moto Fest, the NTT IndyCar Weekend, SCCA Junior Sprints, the Trans Am Speed Tour, IMSA, and more. It's racing at its best. Go to RoadAmerica.com. We had a hell of an anniversary party yesterday. It was a boondocks barbecue and brew on County Highway Q out in Oconomowoc in the uh, the Warren area last night. Yesterday, really, all day. The patio is complete, and it's uh, doubled in size. It's, it's fantastic. And if you haven't been out there yet, uh, highly recommend it. But they had a hell of a party yesterday to say thanks to all their all their patrons. And uh, whenever you have a customer appreciation party, you got to have some music. So the music cranking, the new deck was open. A uh, little cool, 
But sunny, nice, and a lot of fun out there yesterday. So uh, stop out and say hi to Tom and everybody and take a look at the new place. And if you're a motorcyclist, it's a great ride. Beautiful area out there. County Highway Q out in Oconomowoc in Warren. It's Boondocks Barbecue and Brew and really, really, really good stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670. Scott says, hey, don't forget, Tom Brady has won Super Bowls with average wide receivers. That shouldn't be an excuse. I agree. I, I, I It's not that... I, it's not that I don't think the Packers can't win with average talent. If the Packers win with average talent, well, and I'm saying average, I'm not being degrading here. I just we don't know what Dubs and Watson are and Torre are yet. We we've seen Sammy Watkins. We don't know if he's going to be better or if he's going to be average or on the backside of his career. We don't know. Okay, we know Randall Cobb's coming to the end. We know Alan Lazard is a good route runner. Uh, he's not the fastest guy. He's not the tallest guy. He's not the, the highest leaper, but he's got a really solid ability. Sometimes guys just can go get a ball. But I, this offense is going to be entirely, entirely up to Aaron Rodgers and what he does with a football. But, but I agree with you. We've seen Tom Brady win with what would be considered, you know, average wide receivers. So I, I 100% agree. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670, hit us up. Um, so uh, a couple other things, by the way. Uh, nothing huge, but Nick Foles has been signed by the Colts. Now, he wanted to go play for the Colts last year. He wanted to go and, and be reunited with Frank Reich. He goes there on a two-year deal. Not huge, but nevertheless goes on a two-year deal. In the meantime, in the meantime, that's NFL the, uh, legend Nick Foles, by the way. NFL legend Nick Foles. <laughs> uh, the uh, Washington Commanders have now paid more than $100 million for land in Virginia and the possibility of them now building a new stadium as well as numerous retail shops and such, uh, much like the Bears who bought Arlington, Washington Commanders, paid more than $100 bucks for land in Virginia, and that could be the possibility of them building a new stadium as well as the retail shops and apartments and restaurants and all that stuff that would be paid directly to them. Now, this is the thought, though. Think about this. Um, the Commanders paid a little more than $100 million for 200 acres. The deal completed late last week. It's not been completely filed yet with Prince William County the side of the land. One source called it the team's preferred site for a new stadium, but other options remain open. There's a chance that the franchise will buy another 65 to 70 acres at a site that is approximately 23 miles from uh, downtown Washington, D.C. and would be right off an exit on I-95. That would be in Dumfries, Virginia. Okay? So the the commanders lock light the site because of how it can be you know developed. You can develop it in m- numerous ways. But here's the thing. With the commanders doing this, which is basically Daniel Snyder, so at what point, if all of this comes true, any allegations about Daniel Snyder not only creating this, you know, it's funny because the owners, they don't give a damn about the, the sexually hostile work environment. But if you steal money from them, they want you out, right? You can do anything you want to a woman, but you steal money from us, you kite some money, <laughs> Now we want you out, which is the most disgusting thing there is. However, now with them buying 
all of this. Now what? Because you would assume that Daniel Snyder's moving forward as if it's business as usual. He doesn't feel he's going anywhere, right? So what happens if, let's say, the commanders buy this land? The commanders buy this land and then he's booted out. Then what happens? Washington wants to leave FedEx Field. It was built by the former owner, Jack Jack Ken Cook. It was opened in 97. That was right before stadiums became stadiums, when they started blowing up in the early to mid-2000s, when they started changing these things and making them, you know, team exclusive. And you know what I mean? Uh, The team owns the stadium as well as the surrounding property, but their contract to play at the site expires in 2026. Now, they can renew it and can stay on longer if they want to. Before they agree to the site, the team needs to find out how much money the state and Prince William County are willing to commit before finalizing plans to build. So they bought the land, but, but they want the state and the county to kick in the money to build a new stadium. That's why they're kind of keeping their options open. Maryland said it would spend $400 million to develop the area around FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. Uh, but we'll, you know, we'll see. Uh, the, the team would then, they, they want to build a dome stadium, by the way. The Washington uh, Commanders want to build a dome stadium. That's what they want. So we'll see what happens. Um, 877-867-1670. Here's something else. Hey, Ben, by the way, speaking of uh, the Bears in Arlington, in any of the projections that we've seen regarding the Bears and the possibility of them moving to Arlington, have we? has there been a discussion of a dome stadium? Have not know? seen that, no. That was the other question is, would the Bears build a dome stadium? I think the commanders building a dome is kind of a joke, frankly. But the Bears, I can understand it. But then they could host big events inside the dome come whatever weather there happens to be. And it would give them a legitimate shot at getting a Super Bowl. That's the reason you would do it. Ah, let's do this. we got another hour yet to go. I don't mean to sigh. We're going to talk some Brewers baseball. Andrew Wagner is going to join us next. We're going to talk some more Packer football. Mike Clemens coming up at the bottom of the hour. we got a lot left to go, yet to go. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michaels Show. It's coming up right after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. Get the Road America app. You can listen live to the Trackwide PA broadcast with real-time updates on the races, driver interviews, sponsor details, and so much more. The app also allows you to watch live cams of popular locations all around the track. Go to RoadAmerica.com.